but I'll, get, I'll try to get you through this as best I can. And if I don't make it all the way through, uh, I'm going to finish up the, the next session. And I know you may go to a different session, but that's, uh, I will give you the answers to it uh, if you want those afterwards or whatever. Okay. So uh, this little, uh, little session is on simply uh, hindrances to soul winning, 15 hindrances to soul winning. Um, as preacher said, uh, there are some people who just absolutely uh, are thrilled to go soul winning, but that is a very minute number. The majority of people struggle and battle with it. Well, why do we struggle so much with going soul winning? I'm going to give you just a few things that I have learned personally, that I have observed, that I have watched over the years, and hopefully these may, uh, uh, actually it may make you feel a little more at ease about going soul winning. I hope that's what it does. So number one is simply this. Um, the devil fights with all his might. The devil fights with all his might. If there's anything the devil wants to keep you from doing, it's telling somebody else how they can be saved and not have to go to hell. So 1 Peter 5, 8, uh, he walks about as roaring lion seeking whom you may devour. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. And uh, he'll do everything he can do to try to keep us from telling somebody else uh, about the Lord Jesus. The second one is simply this. We're going to go rapid fire through these so I can see if I can try to get through these. Is that, uh, and this is a big one, we allow people to discourage us. We allow people to discourage us. And uh, I should have asked some of you guys ahead to look up some verses here, but uh, I don't. Uh, I want to read to you Galatians chapter uh, 5 and verse number 7, a familiar verse, but it says this. It says, Ye did run well, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Now, as the preacher's already mentioned, the command is to go. The command is there for us to go so winning. Well, who is it that hinders us from, the, from doing what we're supposed to do? So many times it's, uh, <clears throat> many times it's people uh, and just the fear of what's going to happen in front of people. Or the, but sometimes it's our own self. Uh, we hinder our own self from going. And uh, what are you saying? I'm just saying we need to be careful. Remember, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so the Holy Spirit is there with us. When we're out there trying to go so on, I try to always pray and before I go and be prayed up even before. If, it, if, I'm, going, if I'm coming and go, going to a, 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 a soul winning time period, I try to pray way before I ever come to the soul winning time period. Why? Because I want to be ready and I want to be prepared. When we go out, then I try to pray and um, Make sure that uh, the, the Lord is, uh, knows that my heart is in tune with him, whatever he wants. And so uh, don't allow people, don't allow yourself to discourage you from doing what you know is truth, what you know that you're supposed to do. The third one is the flesh is stronger than we want to admit. The flesh is stronger than we want to admit. And uh, boy, the, 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 the power of this flesh when I, when I think of that, I have down, I wrote down Romans chapter 7, verse 18 to 25. And you think about the Apostle Paul, and this is more toward the end of the Apostle Paul's life, when in this passage of Scripture, he's talking about the things I would, I do not. The things I would not, that I do. And uh, he talks about it being no more him, that, but sin that dwelleth in him. But what he's talking about is even as an aged man, even as an older man, this old flesh is strong and powerful. And the flesh will try to keep us from uh, doing what the Lord wants us to do in being able to tell other people about the Lord. Um, there's so many other things that go into that. I, uh, uh, you'll, t you'll talk your own self into not going. You'll talk your own self into not witnessing to somebody. You, you have Bible tracts in your pocket and the Holy Spirit will say, pass a track out to that person and you, you won't pass a track out to them. Why? Because the flesh is stronger than what we give credit for. And uh, we've got to stay, stay in tune with the Lord. So number four is we get discouraged when we don't see results. Can I get an amen on that one? We don't, get, we don't see results. We get very discouraged. Well, you know what? We've got to remember that it's not, uh, um, it's not about the, uh, the end result. It's about just doing what we're supposed to do. In 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, 3, and I'm going to read these verses to you. And um, it says in, uh, I'm just going to pick it up in verse number uh, 4. It says, while one, for while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord give, gave uh, to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Amen. Uh, it, it, 
just the privilege, and, it, and, and I cover this a little bit further here, but the privilege is just the privilege in going and being obedient unto the Lord. And whatever the Lord allows us to do, whether it's we're just watering or whether uh, we're in the middle stage of somebody's uh, just trying to come to know the Lord or if the Lord gives us the opportunity to see somebody saved. Man, praise the Lord for that. But we, we don't see results, we get discouraged quick. And um, we've got to get our mind off of that and just remember that it doesn't matter who is the person that actually leads the person to Christ, it's our job to get the gospel out to as many people as we possibly can. And so uh, uh, don't get discouraged when you don't see results. Number five, uh, we must know and memorize scripture to be effective. Um, if we're going to be effective Christians for the Lord, we have to know scripture. Preacher had us right at the very beginning go through. And uh, maybe, you, maybe you don't know any of those verses. Maybe you only know one of those verses. Maybe, but if you're going to be effective in being a soul winner, then you're going to have to memorize scripture. Now, as he said, you can always come and be a second part, uh, uh, the, the second person and uh, the silent partner, and you can always pray. And, uh, um, and that's a person that prays and go, that goes and prays has just as much an impact as the person that's actually sharing the gospel with somebody. And so, uh, but you, you need to memorize scripture. You need to memorize it more and more and more. And uh, I was talking to Barney back there. Barney was sharing uh, some of the verses that weren't on that lo- the list that we had there that he uses. And I was sharing some of the verses that I use that are not on that list either. Why? You, you learn more as you learn more scripture and put it together and you trust the Lord to help you to say, to give the right verses. God knows what verses they need for that person to be able to come to the Lord, but you gotta know scripture. I was just uh, soul winning with a, a guy in California, a, a college student. I'd spoke at the college and on Saturday, I went out soul winning with this kid and he's a, he's a young guy and, and he's, he's, uh, he's very, very, very zealous. He's one of those guys you think of, well, zealous, but without knowledge or wisdom, <laughs> but uh, extremely zealous. And uh, we get to this house, this one house, and the guy uh, comes, comes out the door there and is a teenager. He's probably 17 years old. And uh, so he begins to talk. This guy's name's Chip. Chip begins to talk to this guy. And uh, honest to goodness, I, uh, uh, he gave him a doctrinal thesis, man. I'm telling you, he gave him scripture after scripture after scripture. He, went, he ran every rabbit trail you could run. I mean, I was a silent partner, so I'm praying and everything. Man, I, I prayed for the guy to get saved so much that I started praying for my own sin and praying for everything else, man. I mean, it, this guy gave scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. What are you saying? He had so much knowledge of scripture, he, he just didn't have it all down, the workings of it down. But praise God, he had scripture memorized. Amen. Amen. We need to memorize scripture if we're going to be effective. Uh, number six, I have Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even and dividing the sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's the word of God that does the work. We've got to have the scripture in our heart. Uh, number six is that we do not visualize its importance. We don't visualize its importance. What do you mean? Luke chapter 15, I'm going to read these verses to you here and um, think about this. I mean, the Lord put this in his word, so it's very obviously that it's very important. Verse 3, it says, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, uh, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Can, can we, is there any way that we can fathom joy in heaven? <laughs> joy throughout all of heaven. Man, this is the importance of being a soul winner. And of, uh, it's, it's the, the last commission, the last command that the Lord Jesus gave. It's why he leaves us here after we get saved. Uh, he could just take us right on home to heaven. But there's other people that need to get saved too. And if we could just visualize uh, when that person bows their head and trusts Christ as their Savior, the joy that goes all over heaven because of that. Uh, we don't visualize that as one of the reasons why we struggle. It's hindrance. Uh, number seven, we allow others' numbers or success to intimidate us. Mm-hmm. Come on, how many of you be honest and say guilty? My hand goes up. 
even as a preacher. Boy, sometimes we let other people's numbers or success intimidate us from, from going. Well, I can't be like that person. I can't. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 tells us that we're supposed to be careful. We're not supposed to compare ourselves one with another. You know, God gives certain people certain abilities, no question about it. God gives certain people the ability to have just an outgoing, flamboyant personality where, where it's easy for them to witness to people. And, uh, but if you don't have that kind of personality, that doesn't get, make you exempt and give you an opportunity so that you don't have to. You still need to go and be faithful to the Lord. But um, we got to be careful that we don't allow other people and their successes to intimidate us. Number eight, we are scared of failure. Anybody raise your hand on that one? We, we're scared of failure. We're scared that we will say the wrong thing. We're scared that, well, I don't know if I'll say the right verse. What if I forget the verses? What if I can't remember what the verse says? And what if I can't? Hey, listen, we can't let the fear of that keep us from doing the thing that we're supposed to do. Amen. Again, we've got to memorize scripture, but we can't allow the, uh, the, uh, the fear of failing being scared of failing caused us not to go forward. I, I just listed a couple of verses there under there. Exodus chapter three is just the story of Moses. And when, when God was trying to call Moses at the burning bush and trying to tell him that he was gonna be the one to go lead them, uh, the, little, the children of Israel out, and man, he came up with all those excuses. I, 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 I can't talk, I can't. Well, wait a minute, who made your mouth? I, I know that, I know, I know you, you have a struggle with this, but I'm telling you, I want you to go and I want you to do this. Of course, uh, 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 Moses followed through on it and, and probably the greatest leader in the Old Testament. Why, just simply because even though he was a little bit scared of failure, he trusted God and went forward anyway, amen. amen. Same thing with Gideon in Judges chapter six and verse one through 18, his fear of failing. I mean, God called him Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. And uh, man, he was hiding behind the wine. Press. God, who are you talking to? Not me, not, surely not me. But uh, you see, the problem is God sees what he can do through us, not who we are. Because it has really nothing to do with who you are and who I am. It has everything to do with who God is. And if we're depending upon him, if we're trusting him, again, I go back to that, that young man that uh, gave the doctrinal thesis as he was witnessing the other day. And uh, believe it or not, that's, seriously, that 17-year-old young man sat there and listened to everything he said. Amen. Everything that he said. And at the end of it, he bowed his head and trusted Christ as he said. What are you saying? Uh, this guy, Chip, if you'd meet him or whatever, you'd see what it, he has that bit of fear of failing and fear of not being able to, uh, to do the right thing or say the right thing. Or, and he said everything, so he didn't have to worry about it. But, uh, <laughs> but God, knew, God knew what was going on and God let that young man sit there and listen to him. Honest to goodness, it was 30 to 40 minutes and they trusted Christ as a savior. So what are you saying? Don't let the fear of failure keep you from doing it, go. Uh, the next one is uh, number nine. We don't make it a part of our everyday life. Oh my goodness. It has to be a part of our everyday life. You say, well, how can we make uh, uh, soul winning a part of our everyday life? Carry Bible tracks with you. Um, I don't witness every day of my life to somebody, but there's very, very rarely a day goes by that I don't give a track to somebody Amen. or try to be faithful at giving the gospel. In, in, in written form to somebody. Why? Because uh, that's, uh, that's a, it's got to be a part of our life. If you go back and you look at Acts chapter 2 and um, those verses that I have down there, verse 41 to 47 and, uh, and verse, uh, chapter 4 and verse 33, it talks about how the Lord added to the church. that They were faithful to witness. They were faithful to do what they were supposed to do. And God added and, and God built the church. But it was a part of their daily life. It says, it says, and daily they were together. Daily they were together. Listen, are we daily together with the Lord and the Holy Spirit in this thing and, and listening and obeying? And if it's not a part of our everyday life, sooner or later you quit doing it anyway. <laughs> If your soul winning is based on a two hour time period or a one hour time period or whatever, the church has a one hour time period, two hour time period, and that's when I go soul winning, then you're not really a soul winner. Really, you say I'm not a soul winner? It's gotta be a part of our fabric of our life, every part of us. Amen. We gotta be faithful. Um, 
Number 10, uh, we fail in following the plan of the Bible in preparation. Uh, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, Psalm 126, and I'll read these couple verses to you here. And um, Psalm 126 and verse five and six, it says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. How, how can we be prepared by, by spending time with God, being in tune with God, praying before we go? Not just praying when we come here to the church and we get together, but I mean praying before you come to the church and before we get ready to go. That's preparing our heart. By the way, I, I pray as much for whoever God's going to send us to, whoever we're going to knock on the door, whoever that individual is. God's got to prepare the heart. There ain't nobody getting saved unless God prepares the heart. Right. And so we have to be prepared for that. Uh, I, I preach all the time in revivals that revival is all about preparation. We can see revival if we get prepared for it because God wants to give us revival. What's well, the same thing? We could see people saved, more people saved, if we would simply prepare the way that God tells us we're Amen. supposed to. We need to weep over souls. Can I ask you when's the last time that you wept over a lost soul? When's the last time you thought about something? Now, when it's somebody close to home, it's a little bit easier to do that. When it's a family member, but when's the last time we really wept for souls? When's the last time we were praying before we came soul winning and God just broke our heart and we began to weep? Listen, that all be a part of it. That's, that's preparation for it. Amen. Um, number um, 11, uh, we live with unconfessed sin. We live with unconfessed sin. Um, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. How do we get a prayer through to God if we're living with unconfessed sin in our life? We're not going to be effective. We're not going to be the kind of soul winner we should be. Um, that's a definite hindrance to, to being what we should be when there's sin in our life. I've seen people that, again, are much more personality-wise, have a greater personality to be able to talk with people and things like that, and, and you would consider them great soul winners. But uh, I've watched sin get in their life, and, and I've watched how their, their lives have been messed up and where God's not been able to use them because of that. And listen, there's times in my life that I can look back at where there was things that went on in my life that I wasn't right with God in certain areas. This, this is time to be transparent. If we have sin in our life, how do we expect God to use us the way he wants to use us? Preacher's been preaching about a clean vessel. <laughs> but God's looking for that clean glass, that clean cup, that clean vessel to be able to use. That's what God's looking for. How about this um, in number 12? Uh, we're confused about the simplicity of salvation, the simplicity of salvation. Sometimes we get, we get uh, really uh, twisted up on that, about how simple salvation really is. Um, Acts chapter 16 and verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Amen. Uh, over in Acts chapter 8, Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch. What, what doth hinder me to be baptized? If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Amen. Yes. You say it. All you got to do is believe with all your heart. All you got person's got to do. Preacher said uh, tonight that um, when he uh, got saved, uh, he got saved because he didn't want to go to hell. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm the same way. I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. Amen. Amen. What are you saying? I, I mean, that's a, that's a great reason for us uh, uh, to... to uh, to get saved because we don't want to have to go and, and pay the price for our sin. So what are you saying, Brother Martin? I'm just saying uh, it was a very simple thing for me when I was nine years of age. I didn't understand it all. I didn't understand doctrine, David. I didn't, I didn't understand all of that stuff. All I understood was that I was a sinner. I was lost. I was going to go to hell unless I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's that simple. Amen. That simple. What are you saying? Don't let the simplicity of it keep you from doing what? I just uh, had the privilege to be able to preach my sister's funeral and um, preached her two funeral services, one where the family was, one where her friends were. Um, I sh shared a little bit with you all. I don't think I told you everything, but uh, the, uh, my sister had a lot of struggles and battles as she got older. And... Um, um, 
started out great and just as she got into older life, just really struggled with some things, got into drugs. Um, the final result on her autopsy and everything was a, uh, um, it was basically a, a drug overdose from something that she took, which was laced with something that she was allergic to. So, um, but she told me before how many times she'd asked me to pray for these friends of hers who were lost. And um, so I got a chance to preach that funeral. I made it very simple. I just gave a real simple gospel presentation. And, uh, and I, uh, I called upon those uh, people who would be willing to just, from their seat, pray and ask the Lord to save them. Amen. And her two best friends got saved that night. Amen. And I got to talk with both of them afterwards. And it wasn't a real complicated thing. It was a simple thing. Them simply understanding that if they wanted to go to heaven, then they had to have their sins forgiven and had to trust in Christ. That's the simplicity of salvation. Um, then uh, number 13 there is we feel, I think I'm gonna make it. We feel we must do more or that it is more difficult or complex than it really is. That kind of goes along with what I just said. But John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Uh, and uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, that is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's, uh, it's simple. We don't have to do anything more. When anybody tries to add anything to it, it corrupts salvation. Amen. No works will ever go together with so many people and so many religions believe that your work has to go along with it. Soon as you do that, you taint it and it's not true salvation. Amen. Number 14, if we, uh, if we don't see results, we want to quit. Again, I, I covered that a little bit earlier, but we really truly want to see results. I, I tell people all the time, the, the joy in soul winning, we've got to get this down. The joy in soul winning is the being obedient to the Lord. Amen. Going and just simply being obedient unto the Lord ought to bring the, best, the most joy to us. When the Lord allows us to see somebody saved, praise the Lord. Uh, we got to be careful we don't notch it on our belt, you know, that, oh, we've seen another. Oh, look what I did. No, 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 no. Look what the Lord did. Amen. And uh, just, uh, again, making sure that we don't quit because we don't see results. And then last thing uh, that hinders us uh, from being what we should be in soul winning is pride. You know, Proverbs 8, 13 says these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. The very first one, proud look. Proud look. Pride keeps us from soul winning so oftentimes. You know what? If I say something to them, if I say something to a coworker, man, they're going to think I'm a loony. They're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm pride. That's pride. That's all that is. Amen. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just worried about, yeah, you're, yeah, you're worried because you're proud. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want them to think something different of you because you're a Jesus freak. <laughs> you're somebody that loves the Lord. Listen, God wants to use you everywhere you're at. When I was in the fire department, 15 years in the fire department, the uh, Lord gave me an opportunity to lead four people, to the, four other firefighters to the Lord. Yeah. And then after I got out of the fire department, 20, 20 years, I think I shared that testimony, 20 years after I got out of the department, had a fireman call me and was able to meet up with him and lead him to the Lord. What are you saying? Just be faithful. Don't, don't let pride get in the way and keep you from doing what you should do and what, you, what the Lord wants us to do. I'm going to cover something really basic. And I, uh, if you were in here for the last session, you, you'll see that some of this will be going back over some of the things that I said. But uh, the, the title of this little thing is Tips for Personal Soul Winning. Just some things for us to try to remember and think about and uh, to be effective as, uh, as the servant of the Lord that, the, that he wants us to be. The first one is simply this. Again, this is, Brother Hiles used to say this all the time. There's a lot of people have said this, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And there's so much truth to that. And I know we, we talk about, well, we're going door to door and we're going... We're knocking on doors, you know, and this is just a, just a real quick hit, you know, and trying to share the gospel with people and everything. But, man, you got to show people that you care. Uh, just to go up a door, knock on a door, you know, I'm from the church and I want to tell you about how to go to heaven. Uh, it's re that's really 
kind of blunt and, you know, just uh, almost attacking like. Uh, I always look for something to try to talk about. Um, maybe there's something outside, you know, that you can, uh, you see toys or stuff. You got kids, you got, and uh, I remember a, a place I was out soul winning with a preacher in Ohio. And um, there was a man there that uh, this preacher had known for since he was a teenager. And he said, I've been trying to witness to this guy. He don't want to hear it. He's chased preachers off and things, but he's, he's getting sick and I think he's going to die. And I just want him to be saved. And would you go? And I said, sure. So we went on the way up. I'm looking in the yard. There's uh, military things in the yard. And so I get up to the door and realize he's got some Marine Corps stuff and everything. So First thing I did when I started talking to him was talk to him about the military. Why? Well, I was in the military uh, for six years myself. And so uh, we began to talk about the military a little bit. You know what? It started breaking down some walls. And uh, it started uh, just getting on the same level with where they're at. I mean, if, if, they, if they think that you really care about them, then they're going to listen a whole lot easier than if you don't. I mean, sometimes it goes that way. With I was in a question and answer session one time with Brother Hiles, and uh, the question was posed to him about soul winning and about you know how he handles his soul winning, his personal soul winning. His church is so huge, and do you go with all these people? And and he said, I have my my own personal soul winning that I do every week, and uh, he said I go to certain places that there's certain places that I go to, and uh, he said now y'all can take your halos off, and he said don't get the offended by this, he said, but uh, many, many, many times, he said, I never present the gospel the first time I knock on a door. I'm like, what? <laughs> he says, uh, many, many, many times, uh, I will just try to get to know somebody, tell them who I am, that I'm the pastor of the church, and, and if there's any, is there anything I can do for you? Is there any kind? And then I'll come back again another time, and come back, he's, what are you doing? Well, you're showing people that you care about them. And you're trying to build a rapport with these people so that you can go back again and uh, they know that, or feel like that you care about them so they'll open up and maybe break down the walls a little bit so that you can talk to them. Amen. I know you say, well, soul winning is just, you know, when we, and I know when we get together and go out for two hours soul winning, it, it is a little bit different. But I'm telling you, if you've got somebody and you, you can open up a door of conversation and break down a wall and you ought to go back there again and again. And, and maybe you can't even get the gospel the first time, but go back again and again and again. Let them know you care about them. You really truly care and you want them to be saved. Um, the second uh, thing on this little thing here, the tips for personal soul winning, and this is very, 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 very important. Never, ever get argumentative while trying to win someone to Christ. When you argue, you do more damage than good, no matter what anybody says. There's, there's people that say, well, bless God, I'm going to give them the truth. It, uh, what's the, uh, the old saying, the old preachers say, oh, well, you know what, I'm going to unload the whole wagon because they may not get it if I don't give it to them now. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. Be careful what you're doing and don't get argumentative with people. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and um, verse 24 to 26, i read these verses to you real quick. 2 Timothy 2 verse 24 to 26, it says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. You realize that people that are lost oppose their own selves. It says, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Sounds to me like the Lord's trying to tell us that we better be careful in how we deal with people. Don't get argumentative with people. Hey, lost people are gonna act like lost people. Amen. And you try to share the gospel with them and they start bucking up to you or start cussing at you or start whatever. Don't, don't go cussing back at them. <laughs> Mark, don't do it. What do you mean? Don't, don't start fighting. Well, well, bless God. Just go to hell then. Come on, man. Be careful what, what you're doing. I have seen that happen. Watched it happen before. I've never done it, but I've been partners with people that have done that. I've been, I've been partners with people that when the person says, oh, I don't want that, start to shut the door, they'll put their foot in the door. Oh. Come on. Who's trying to win this person to the Lord? You or the Holy Spirit? Don't get argumentative. Don't get, Amen. 
don't get flustered with people and, and let it come out. Number three is let the Holy Spirit control the conversation. Remember, no one gets saved apart from God's Spirit drawing them. John chapter 6 and verse 44. Read that one verse to you here. John 6 and verse number 44. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. Amen. And I will raise him up at the last day. Well, look how many people I won to the Lord. <laughs> the Lord drew him to him. He may have used you as a vessel. Always remember. That's, the, that's where we have to stay is humble with ourselves and understanding, realizing we're just a vessel to be used by God. And um, the, uh, let the, uh, the Holy Spirit control the conversation when you're talking with somebody. Um, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm different, but even when I'm trying to witness to somebody, I'm praying too. I, I'm trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as to what he wants me to say next or what he wants me to do next. And uh, as we were talking in the last session, Marty was talking about other verses that he uses. And I gave him some other verses. That I, I don't use all the same verses. All the same. It's not always the same all the way. Well, I try to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead the conversation. Um, rather than me trying to take control or trying to force uh, some kind of uh, method on somebody, but uh, let the Holy Spirit do the drawing. Number four, don't make the message of salvation too complicated, but be thorough. They must understand what they are doing. Praying a prayer has never saved anyone. Amen. Oh, we're living in a day and age where uh, they're, well, I guess we may be just a little bit past it, but we, we went through a real long period of time where people thought, you know, the whole thing is just if you can get somebody to pray a prayer. If you're a good salesperson, you can get anybody to pray a prayer. Salvation is not about just praying a prayer. It's about a belief in the heart. Amen. It's about really truly understanding that you're a sinner, that you're lost, and, and wanting to be saved. Brother Nearing, I've watched, I've watched guys gather people together and, and you, you all want to go to heaven, don't you? And people look at each other, well, yeah, yeah, I want to go to heaven. Well, if you want to go to heaven, if you'll just ask the Lord uh, to save you right now, you can go to heaven right now. Just bow your heads and, and he'll have a whole group of people pray and then he'll say, man, look at that. I, I said, uh, I led nine people to the Lord. Just because you got somebody to pray a prayer, you think that that person got saved? Well, what about dealing with sin? Yeah. What about getting them to understand that the reason they need to be saved is because they're a sinner and they're lost and they've right. broken the commands of God and they, they need to be forgiven? What about all of that? Um, don't make it too complicated, but you got to be thorough. You got to make sure that you present the truth. I... I uh, there was a man when I was in West Virginia, there was a man I witnessed to time and time and time again. I was, I was looking at buying a home from them. They were a mo mobile home, or not mobile home, modular home place. And uh, uh, first time there, I told them, you know, that I'd come down there and, and I was working in the ministry down there. And, and uh, so I got to talking with him, tried to witness to him a little bit. And it didn't go too far. He's a nice guy, but it didn't go too far. I went back again. And as I looked at these homes, and finally it got to where I wasn't it was going to be too difficult to try to bring the modular into the mountainside there where we were at. And so, uh, but I kept going back and I continued to go back. And um, I, I would share with him again more and more, trying to share the gospel with him, trying to get him to understand uh, what he needed. And I, th I think it was clicking. I think he knew what he needed. But then one day I was dealing with something about uh, sin and uh, talking with him about, uh, you know, coming to the place to realize and understand that uh, you need to understand your sin. You need to, whatever it is that's keeping you from God, you need to be willing to let go of that. Um, well, there's many places in scripture we could turn to for that. The rich young ruler. What was the rich young ruler's, or not rich young ruler, I'm sorry. The, the, uh, the man who came to Christ and, and, uh, and called out, you know, the, the good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And, um, uh, you know, when Jesus pointed out to him was that he was trusting in his goods more than he was trusting in him yeah. and he wouldn't let go of them. So there's certain things that may keep you from being saved. This guy out of the blue just pops out and says, you know what? 
He said, if I'm going to do what you're saying, then I got to quit tending bar. I tend bar at a place up the road here. My mom and dad own this restaurant and I tend bar for them. For me to do that, I'm going to have to quit that. And I said to him, I said, sir, let me just say something. There's nothing that you do personally or you have to do personally to be saved. You just have to trust Christ. But it's obvious that the Holy Spirit is talking to you about something. There's things in your life that you, you're holding back on and you're not, you're not willing to say, okay, Lord, I want to be saved. I, I'm going to trust you. I'll live for you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And you're not willing to do that. What are you saying? I'm trying to not make things complicated, but trying to get somebody to understand, be thorough with them about what needs to take place. You know, we could go to the story of, of Jesus with the woman at the well, John chapter four. Jesus was very thorough with her, with the woman at the well. I mean, uh, she said, give me that water. He says, wait a minute, go get your husband. Oh, well, I, I don't have a husband. Yeah, you said that right, because yeah, you, you got, you've had six or seven others, but so what was he doing? He was trying to get her to deal with the sin factor in her life. And so that she could understand why she needed to be saved, why she needed that water. Amen. What are you saying? I'm just saying, let's be thorough with people. Don't complicate it, but be thorough. Number five is always leave a door of opportunity for someone who may be coming behind you. We already read that first Corinthians chapter three, that little portion of scripture there. Listen, there may be other people coming behind you. It's not about Paul. It's not about Steve. It's not, uh, it's not about whoever. It's just all about trying to plant a seed, water the seed, let God do what he can do. Amen. Leave a door open behind you. Don't cause somebody to get so mad at you. They slam the door and cuss you out because of what you are doing. Now they may slam the door and cuss you out just because of who they are and because of but don't ever let it be because of what you're doing. Do your best to make sure that you're leaving a door open so that somebody else can come behind you maybe and water whatever seed that you could plant. Um, then uh, number six, um, always carry Bible tracts. Always carry Bible tracts with you and use them. First Peter 3.15 where it says that we're supposed to always uh, be ready to give an answer to every man to ask you uh, a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We're supposed to Always be ready to share the gospel with somebody. I, uh, I, as I said, I try my best every day. Give tracks out. Give tracks out. Uh, witness where I can. But um, you know, I, it's at the place, and you can ask my family if it's not so. I, man, I get frustrated if I run out of tracks. Why? Because if you have tracks, then you can give the gospel out. You can give the word of God to somebody. But when you don't have tracks with you, then you're not ready. You're not ready to give everyone a reason, uh, an answer to the reason of the hope that is in you. So um, carry Bible tracts with you continually, always. Number seven, uh, be an example and teach your children and grandchildren to be soul winners. And um, take them with you and encourage them. I, I just talked about Deuteronomy chapter six there. I put down as a passage and how we're supposed to teach and train our children everywhere we go and all that we do. I was talking with uh, somebody this last week in California. I was preaching in the church and I was talking about how how vital it was and how important it was. We were staying with a family that's really involved in the church. And um, the guy is actually the bus director over the, uh, over the bus ministry at the church. And um, he takes his family with him when he goes. And his family, they're not all on, his, on the same bus route, but he, he's got uh, uh, three, four children. And uh, some of them are on different routes and everything. But boy, when it's time to go soul, he takes his kids with him. And uh, when I was younger and when I, before I ever went in the ministry and I ran a bus route and I, and I always had my children with me. I always had them on the bus route with me. I always had them. Why? Because I wanted them to learn that this is part of life. This is a part of who we are. This is part, teach and train your children, your grandchildren uh, as we get older and um, be the kind of example that we need to be to them. Um, you want to see the perpetuation of what you've given your life to try to do as a soul winner? Tra train somebody else, teach somebody else. Um, next is uh, number eight there. Try to live your life in consciousness of the Holy Spirit that lives within you. If we would depend upon him for all that we do in life, we would be used of him in a greater way day by day. The, the Holy Spirit is a personage that lives within each and every one of us. The day we got saved, God imparted to us the earnest, the down payment of our salvation. That was the Holy Spirit to live within us. The precious Holy Spirit that does more for us than we even fathom and comprehend. Um, he, uh, he works in us. Um, he tries to uh, 
bring forth fruit out of our life. Galatians chapter five and verse 16, the fruits of the spirit, as preacher was preaching about uh, just last night. Uh, over in uh, uh, John chapter 16, it tells us why Jesus uh, said that we would get the Holy Spirit so he could lead us and guide us and direct us and, into all truth and all righteousness. And the truth is, if, if we would just be more conscious that God put a part of himself in me. Amen. And what is, what was the, the, the whole thrust of Christ coming to this world to save sinners, to save the lost? Well, it, it ought to be, that is, that's our commission too. Amen. What, that we would fulfill that, that we would, and if we'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I'll promise you there'll be a whole lot more people that we'll witness to if we would just be more conscious about that. Um, so um, I don't, it's not in your little booklet there, but Galatians 5.16 and John 16.7-14. And then uh, number nine, become a prayer warrior. Become a prayer warrior. Boy, if you want to be effective in your personal soul winning, be a prayer warrior. Pray for, pray for souls. Pray for lost souls. How many of you have family members that are lost that you're praying that they would get saved? Okay. That's almost everybody's hand here. Let me ask you this then. How many of you have a, in your prayer list a section of lost people other than your own family that you're praying for to get saved. That's a whole lot less than just raise your hand earlier. What are you saying? It's easier for us to think about and pray for the ones that are so close to us. But if we want them to be saved, we better be praying for other people too. We better be praying for other people's family members. Maybe if we'd pray for other people's family members, maybe God would send somebody to our family members. Amen. What are you saying? Become a prayer warrior. That's a part of being a soul winner. And be faithful at it. Uh, again, pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. How important it is that that is a part of who we are. It's a, a part of our fabric. And then um, number 10 is uh, be faithful in follow-up. Be faithful in follow-up. What do you mean? Um, the gospel is, is a three-part commi commission. And uh, in Matthew chapter 28 and... Uh, Verse number uh, 18 to 20, of course. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Would... When we witness to people, when, 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 when we have an opportunity to win somebody to Christ, guess what? You've got a big responsibility on you now. What? Now you should be trying to disciple those people. Now you should be trying to help those people along. Uh, the next step at, at, after a person's salvation is baptism. And try to see them come to the place where they'll come and be baptized and, and become a part of the church. And, uh, and then uh, helping disciple them along the way. Um, Okay, let me ask you the question. How many of you right now personally can say that you are honestly discipling somebody? Now, whether it be, I'm not talking about every day or every week or whatever, but there's somebody that you've won to the Lord or that you have had an impact in their life and they've gotten saved and you are continually trying to disciple them along. How many of you can say that? We all should be doing that. That's not just preacher's job. That's every saved, born-again believer's job. We all should, should be discipling people. You say, is there people you're discipling, Brother Martin? Yes. Even as an evangelist traveling all over all the time and not being in one specific place, there's still people that I am trying to disciple, trying to get them to get further along in their life. Why? Because that's part of the Great Commission. That's the, the third part of it, to train them and to disciple them. So we need to be faithful in follow-up. Listen again, going back to what, we, what I said earlier about how uh, we've lived through, we lived through a day and period of time where people thought it was just uh, so important that we just get people to come and to, and to pray a prayer and to just, uh, um, if they can get them, get them to pray a prayer, then they got saved. And, but the, but the, those same kind of people, typically there's no follow-up whatsoever. Never, most of the time, never got names of people. Um, never try to f follow through on that. Well, 
those people are just left out there for the wolves. If they did get saved. And what are you saying? It's, it's simple, but it has to be done the right way. We got to understand we're sinners, we're lost, and that Jesus died to save us from our sin. And there has to be that uh, confession to the Lord, willing to receive Christ. And then that's the beginning, that's the baby steps. Now where do I go from here? Okay, now it's time to get baptized. Now it's time to grow in the Lord. That, where's the follow-up at? So just some tips for personal soul winning, just some, some simple things here. We're about two minutes early. Anybody have any questions or anything? Any questions? How about anything that I've said maybe at the last session if you were here or this session? I know we didn't have any time last session to do anything, so. Any questions at all? big thing is we try to get them to repent and then trust Christ Jesus as their Savior. Mm -hmm. Well, they've got to turn to the Lord. If you don't turn to the Lord, you're not going to get saved. So uh, I tell people um, many times when I'm trying to witness to somebody, I'm telling them, okay, you tell me you don't know for sure you're going to go to heaven. No, I don't know that. Okay, the pathway that you're walking on according to that book, according to the Bible, is you're, you're on a pathway where you're going to have to pay for your sin, where you're, you're headed to, to an eternal uh, hell. And uh, for you to be saved, you have to turn from that path to turn to trust the Lord. And uh, it's an about face when you trust Christ as your Savior. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so, yeah, they have to come to that place to be willing to repent, to trust Christ as their Savior. Did you have your hand up too, David? It's not like a weekly thing where you sit down with them every right. day at night, whatever. Right. Um, what are some I don't know, different ways you go about? Well, uh, one guy in particular um, is the guy that I've mentioned earlier, mentioned uh, in the last hour, uh, a fireman who uh, 20 years after being out of the fire department, I got to meet up with him, led him to the Lord. I'm still trying to, at a distance, he lives in Michigan, we're here, we don't get to see him very much. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm there, if I'm preaching anywhere near there, uh, I'll contact him, we'll get together, he'll come to hear me preach and come to church and um, he'll, he'll send me questions and I'll try to uh, send uh, answers to those questions back to him, try to help him, disciple him along, trying to get him to, uh, to understand better what this is all about, what the scriptures are all about. I mean, that really is the reason why he got saved because he was trying to study the scriptures, but he had no clue what he was doing. So um, that's a, a one case in point. There's another one where uh, I had a little bit of a hand in a guy's life and trying to, uh, um, well, he got saved. I led him to the Lord at an altar in church. I didn't really know the guy. There was another uh, person in the church that brought him and wanted me to witness to him, so I did. And but I've been a part of his life now for a long time. And uh, um, just, just a lot of things happened, but uh, talked him out of divorce, him and his wife, and um, they stayed together. They've, they've still had some struggles and battles going on, and, but I'm still trying to, as, uh, I haven't talked with him in quite a while now, but I'm trying to have an impact. What, what the, it, we ought to look at it when we lead somebody to the Lord that there are babies. <laughs> We're, we're, we have to help them. We've got to nurture them along. We've got to try to help them to grow and become what the, the Lord wants them to be. Along with the discipleship, um, if you know someone who is better at the next step than you are, mm -hmm. and you introduce them to that person, and, and the church, just bringing them into the church, Absolutely. Would, would you consider that discipleship? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything that's going to further them along, anything that's going to help them to take that next step, to break through the barrier that's keeping them from doing what they, what they should be doing or, or what, uh, what the Lord wants them to do. So, sure. I'm going to see if I'm going to... Okay, we got about three minutes until preacher starts, so... Josh. Well, uh, we've got a lot of good ones, <laughs> but uh, the Hope track has been really good. Uh, get, get some good responses out of that. The, the Smiley Face track is always good. I, uh, you know, honest, I'll be honest with you, 
I thought that was the cheesiest thing that ever came out. <laughs> I really did. And I had a preacher friend in Illinois and went to his church. That's all he had on the track rack was smiley tracks. And I'm like, really? I mean, this is what, he said, have you tried using them? And I said, no. He said, brother, I'm telling you, it is the greatest track that I've ever used. He said, I, I just, the way I approach it is, uh, hey, let me give you a smile for your day. And I'm telling you, I started using them. I've never had somebody turn it down. People all the time, thank you so much. Make sure you read it. It tells you about how you can be sure you're going to go to heaven. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. you made my day. They'll put it right there in cash register or something, you know. It's crazy. So, um, the, I tell you the track that I personally like more than any is that track on um, the uh, Does Anyone in the Whole World Care? And boy, I tell you what, there's a whole lot of people. I gave that to a, a lady at a toll booth, driving through a toll booth in New York City. And I mean, New York City, you know what the traffic's like, David. You go through around that area there, it's crazy. I mean, the traffic was backed up for I don't know how long going into the into the toll booth. It was probably half a mile backed up just going through the toll booth. And I gave this lady a, a, a track. Does anyone in the whole world care? And she looked at it and she stopped me and she said, sir, wait a minute. You don't know what you just did. Oh, I need this so bad. I did. So she, started, she starts talking to me. And I can't, I can't go through a complete gospel. I mean, there's people honking horns and blaring and everything. But just that little gospel track Man, I prayed and prayed and prayed. Lord, please do something for that lady. Do something for her. Uh, man, get the gospel out however you can. Tracks are the greatest thing, probably the most uh, underused thing that we have. Yes, we need to be confrontational. Yes, we need to be faithful in witnessing to people. Yes, we need to, but everywhere you go, you can pass a track to somebody. I learned that from Dr. Joe Boyd years ago. Dr. Old Dr. Boyd never went past anybody without giving them a gospel track. So. All right, I think we're going to be starting here in about... 30 seconds ago. So. <laughs>